I just remember sitting there and my girlfriend was sitting there and she was going, Kim, you gotta, you got to do this for the kids. And I didn't even, that, that scared me because that was the first time I didn't care about anything or anyone. And the water was falling all over me and I said, I think this is the sign of the universe saying give up. And she looked at me and she said, or is this the universe asking how bad do you want it? Hey folks, today I had a chance to sit down with Kim and Danny Morrison. Danny Morrison, New Zealand cricket royalty. Kim Morrison, founder of 28, and uh, we call her the self-love queen, uh, author of The Art of Self-Love. What a great conversation today with these guys. Marriage and money, what an important topic. We don't get to talk about that enough as far as I'm concerned. And listen, we went in a deep dive about their journey, the highs and the lows of getting together, married, money, and careers and success. What a good conversation we had today. Enjoy this chat with Kim and Danny Morrison. Kim and Danny Morrison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yes. Great to have you guys here today and uh, been looking forward to this chat for a little while. You just got out of uh, quarantine for what, the third time, Danny? Let out of the cell, yeah. It's been good to uh, escape. <laughs> how, how did you handle that? Is it a bit, uh, it's a bit full on, you know, just being locked away. You said you've been traveling for four yeah. months, been away from the fam. Yeah, I, I think I look at it, uh, breaking it down into the Caribbean uh, because the hotel we stayed there uh, had balconies, so at least you could be outside with a balcony. Oh, yeah, um, and yes. then in the UAE for another cricket gig, had a bigger room, but no balcony. So it was a real difference going from a smaller room with a balcony, then to a lovely big room with no balcony, but being able to go outside a bit. Mm. And then here back in Australia and Brisbane and being in the other lockdown was a lot more smaller hotel room, no balcony, no window opening, and you get your 20 minutes a day and the police officer comes to get you to take you to the pool deck. So, <laughs> wow. yeah, very, very much Very like different. That, that would quarantine. feel like being in prison, mm. I would expect. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're out. I'm glad you so got a full, <laughs> <laughs> clean bill of health and uh, we should have this sort of Cheers chat today. To yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Kim, um, good to have him home. Oh, well, I only just got him a couple of hours ago. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think do it's appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, I really appreciate it. And I've uh, been looking forward to this chat. We were just having a little bit of a conversation off air, um, talking about the Wealth Faculty of the podcast and talking about, you know, in life, love, money, relationships, business, careers, uh, you don't achieve this stuff by yourself. And today, uh, I think it'd be a cool conversation to have about money, marriage, success, children, those sorts of things. So I'm looking forward to it. So uh, thank you for uh, <laughs> the detour from the hotel to here and home today. But um, let's just kick this off, um, you know, Reverse. Up. Where did you guys meet? How did it? How did it, How did the the love story begin? Oh, scary! Um, at the Wacker, isn't it? So so cricket, isn't it? How <laughs> cliched is that? How boring! Um, but it was, wasn't it? It was like, uh, November '87. We were touring Australia, um, and a good mate of well, both of us, Kim, worked with Lizzie, and then Lizzie was flatting with some mates of mine back in Auckland and New Zealand. Right. And um, she wanted to come to the cricket, and I said, "Look, I'll leave you tickets." So she was visiting her sister and brother-in-law, and then Kim tagged along because, um, was it ASB Travel closed we, we, down? We won a trip. We won a trip to Perth. And so, so you were on holiday or something? Yeah, mm. so oh, okay. we had a trip. So Lizzie and I took off, and on the plane coming over, we're sitting there, and I might add, we sat on the, the, uh, the knees of the uh, pilots uh, in the cockpit. These were the days we could go the and see the that. cockpit with a glass of Baileys in our hands, you know, <laughs> sitting there with the, I still can't believe this. But then we sit back down and I'm gonna say it, but Lizzie turns around to me and she goes, I think you'll really like my mate who's playing cricket. I think we should go to the cricket. He's a really good snogger. I mean, what? <laughs> she oh. thinks she'd snogged him at a party, but that was more like kissing her brother. Uh, but she said, no, I think you'd really get on with him. I was thinking, oh, cricket schmicket, you know, like, all right. So we went along to the whack into the day-night game, and we went down, stood outside the dressing room like two bloody blonde groupies. Some groupies were oh, screaming and clapping. I was so <laughs> embarrassed, so embarrassed. And everyone's drunk around us. And then this white-coated man disappears to get Danny, and then he walked out, and I thought, oh. Quite like cricket. Cricket's all right. Yeah, cricket looks all right. <laughs> and then he gave me a hug, and I went, "I definitely like cricket." <laughs> and then uh, inseparable from that. No. So then we had a couple of catch-ups for the rest of that week, and then I flew back to New Zealand with Lizzie, and then. Danny rang, we didn't have mobiles back then. He rang, mm. all the girls in the office, I worked in travel, were going, how was Perth? And I said, oh, it was good. Did you meet anybody? 
not really. And then the phone rings, Kim, there's a guy ringing from Perth for you. Uh-oh. And then it was, I think a couple of days later, you said, why don't you come to Melbourne for the Boxing Day Test match? All the other wives and girlfriends are coming. And I thought, he put me in that category. Oh, so, yeah, then. <laughs> so I did, I quit my job, sold my car, and bought a one-way ticket to Melbourne. Is that right? Mm-hmm. On a whim? Yep. And then stayed. we toured for three weeks together, mm. but then Danny got a groin injury, not my fault. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then um, we had to make a decision. He was 21, I was 19, and didn't we? I knew, mm. you, I knew he wasn't ready. I knew he was the one for me, mm. but I knew he didn't know I was the one for him. And we went our separate ways for three years. Wow. There you go. So and then the reunion... Well, you would have been stayed in Melbourne, Kim. The other thing so was you stayed there and you went I had to go. on, on yeah. continuing touring, yeah? I'm just trying to make your way and yeah. get into the team, stay in the team. and yeah. Sowing yeah. his wild oats. Well, just trying to play <laughs> the game you love. And so when I look at it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then I came back on the late 1990 and then popped out to Waverley and you were out there with uh, remedial therapy and treating. Wasn't it? I was up. living with a guy twice my age. <laughs> and then all of a sudden this guy just turns up and I thought, oh my gosh. And he arrived for a massage and then said, I think you're the one. So then I had to, I remember sitting there, um, not knowing what to do. The guy I was living with, I knew he wasn't the one I wanted to be with, but it was very strange. And then a good friend of all of ours on the wellness couch, Margie, was uh, one of the students at the school, the, the therapies that I was one of the directors of. She just turned around and she said, what's up? And I said, I the, the guy that I truly love has just said to me to come back to New Zealand. She goes, well, if you don't go, you'll spend the rest of your life wondering what if. Mm. So I sold everything again and took a ticket back again. to New Zealand. You were very impulsive then, weren't you? Or, or, or very knowing, no. was that? Uh, probably both. But both. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but love is like that, I think. Yeah. That's quite a nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, um, you know, cricket royalty, <laughs> in New Zealand anyway mm. um, and obviously now you know you're touring around the world with um, you know your role in, in, in the world of commentary and stuff like that you know many years in that game and um, you know um, you know what are the things that uh, you remember most fondly about your time in cricket you know and as, as a player you know obviously now you're sort of commenting as you're going along mm. I'm a little bit of a a little bit of a you know a, a border and and uh, Jonesy sort of cricket right, fan from right. back in those days yeah, as well. Yeah. And I sort of stopped watching after I left home, but uh, right. it was always well ABC. You didn't have anything else to watch when I was right, a kid, so right. you know, um, you know, for your career, um, you know, what do you remember fondly about your cricket? Well, playing those guys. Yeah. Um, and sadly, at the time of chatting to you here now, I mean, Dean Jones passed away this year, which was a real shock for a lot of us, um, particularly in that media industry of, of cricket and being involved in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I look at that, uh, that time of that transition of that sort of Hadley era through the 80s, yes. and then moving in that with us younger guys, um, the game was evolving and changing. And I think also that women, uh, the partners of the wives were a little bit more engaged and were allowed to come on and there tended to be uh, the player partner um, acceptance more and you could see that sort of evolving um, and I loved that about it because Kim and I shared a lot when she came talking about coming back uh, from Melbourne back to New Zealand yeah, and Auckland well, yeah. seeing the family so we traveled a lot and I think the biggest thing I was very grateful for was having Kim on tour because also she helped Kim helped because of her talents with remedial therapy mm. um, from her diploma and doing all that and um, aromatherapy Eastern School of Tactile Therapies all of that and it's such a great spin-off um, Kim could feel like she was making a, a contribution and helping. So it yes. was a team, if you like. So we were such a team. And, and to get to, if you like, back then, because it was sort of semi-professional, um, you had sort of part-time other jobs or other interests. Ah, is that right? So you really did other things as well. But you also, um, it, it sort of was almost like an OE. It was a paid OE trip of travelling. Yeah. Um, you had your sport, but you went and saw these exotic parts of the world. You know, we loved it. And that was the first sort of what, sort of eight, ten years of your relationship together, like like literally on the road travelling and, and uh, having a lot of fun. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, there was a lot of good times in that sort of travel time. I think we were very blessed because yeah. um, we never took it for granted. And one thing Danny always said whenever we were travelling was, you know, I know one day this will come to an end. We, mm. we knew it was short-lived. 
um, Danny's whole attitude was never take it for granted. Um, occasionally we found ourselves with the accidentally in the manager's suite and we'd mm. sit there going, this is insane. You know, we're staying mm. in these five-star hotels, you're playing a sport, you're, you're loved love, by people. Yeah. Um, we loved it. I mean, I love sport. I loved supporting him. And, you know, the women weren't always allowed there, which is understandable that they've got to focus and do their thing. But I think it was a really cool time, particularly because there were so many known identities there. When you look from a New Zealand cricket perspective, the Hadley, the Lance mm. Kenses, the, yes. the Chatfields and all of those guys. Yeah. And then the young brigade coming through with Martin Crow at the, Martin Crow at the helm and um, John Wright and all those guys. So Danny was part of those two eras. It yeah. was really cool. And so meeting people like Dean Jones and Merv Hughes and oh. Alan Border mm. and um, all of those guys. And, and it was a fun time yeah. of cricket. You yeah. know, they'd get off and they'd drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a more social, not quite as professional and elite sportsmen. Yeah. <laughs> but we never took it for granted. Never we knew it would come to an end. Yeah. And we, we knew that it, it was setting us up for life. And I knew that his body was our income. So how could I contribute yeah. to that body, that yeah. mind? Danny's mum is amazing. She's a hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner. She was very into spirituality. So she helped keep me balanced when he was away and supported Danny when he was home. Danny was really into all different alternative mm. therapies. Visualisation and, yeah. and, and I think positivity about it. So you're, so you're sort of staying at the, the peak of your, your game or you know, as a team making sure mm. that you got the most out of that, which is, uh, which is quite clever and smart. There's a lot of you know, sports you know, people, you know, think that uh, often that might not end or even don't mm. even think about a transition at that point in time, mm. which is sort of, you know, is quite, um, it's quite important to, and I, I know there's a bit of education these days about that, but mm. um, sometimes when it does end, it's a bit of a shock for, you know, uh, mm. sports stars, people It still in was a shock industry. for us though, because yes. we found out on the radio Danny had been dropped. Yeah, mm. so but I was yes. going to move into that. I mean, mm. one, of the, one of the things that you're... Uh, infamous for? Is it, is it the is it the most ducks in, no, in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet it was such a great theme. And I look back on it because I could see it coming. Yeah. I mean, you could almost like script it. When, <laughs> when you got about three away from it, you thought, well, you know, you're still playing and you're yeah, still yeah, fit yeah. enough to be playing. And I think we ended up getting it in the Caribbean in 1996. So as much as being depressed, it was more about how we were performing as a group yeah. rather than me going out as night watchman again and getting out to Kirtley Ambrose <laughs> to take the world record LBW for another night. Um, but I remember Kim saying, and I was in the bathtub, pretty down, and, but a nice aromatic bath. But she goes, well, at least now we've got a great theme for the testimonial season. Because back then you'd have these testimonial seasons. They don't have them anymore yeah. because the game's so professional and yes. making a living out of it. But back then we'd have these celebration of your long career and you'd do, you know, ties, put on luncheons and dinners and have all these functions and a magazine and you'd sell these things to then hopefully either chip away or put into a house or yeah, yeah, you know, buy, a buy a vehicle or whatever um, for the end of your career. And so um, when I look at that, yeah, Kim laughs. Well, now we've got a theme here, yeah, the, the duck, Danny Duck. Um, the duck caller we did, we came out with duck on the tie. We had duck on the menu as a food at an event. And then we had chocolate ducks, you know, after dinner type things. So we had this whole what theory. What about the bat? The, the miniature bat? Oh, yeah. We got sent these miniature bats and I thought, well, look, what a great funky thing. Why don't we put a hole in the bottom <laughs> where the guys burn a hole? Because I just blamed it on that, my bat. <laughs> and the guys, the sponsors at Gunnam will go, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Do you? <laughs> Promoter said, well, it's me, you know, let's have some fun. Yeah. So I saw it as a more of a fun a thing a around fun it. Thing. Yeah. And whereas some got a bit hung up on it, says, oh, you know, you should seriously, but you know, really, it's come on. It's a sport and it's a good way to, good yeah, way to sort can't of... can't take uh, yourself too seriously, yeah, exactly. honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, um, let's sort of move into the idea that, you know, after a, an amazing eight, ten years in, in professional sport at the, at the, at the top, you know, um, quite unceremoniously by the mm. sounds of it, you know, finding out that, hey, we don't need you anymore. Yeah, it can um, change. Yeah. yeah, and then a big change for, for you guys. And it's kind of like a, a, a good place to sort of have this conversation today because, you know, that, uh, that sort of changed your trajectory as a couple and a, mm. and a team. And so, you know, speak to that sort of, you know, that shock and then, you know, how did you guys handle that transition together? You know, um, um, certainly fame and money and mm. relationships and all sorts of stuff in that mixing pot would have been, you know, something uh, pretty interesting to, you know, get your heads around. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It wasn't easy for me and I'll mm. be totally upfront about that. Um, so then quickly having to go into something else that that sort of worked for me with, with a profile from sport. Yes. So I went into this Rebel Sport commercial back in, in Auckland 
So in a way it was this whole transitioning, wasn't it? Because we thought really, there's no way back. And so I sort of made that decision, even though it was tough. Uh -huh. um, and so Kim and I looked at, well, this is the next stage of our life. And I had that saying, didn't I? Everything's subject to change. Yeah. And this was thrust and forced on us earlier than I would have liked. Mm. But at the same time, you know, well, let's look at these other avenues. And I worked there in the commercial division. We had these trade shopping nights and I'd go and speak at schools and sports clubs yeah. to get them to come in to the Rebel Sport, which was next to another big type of Noel, um, yeah, called Noel Leemings, which, um, what's oh, yes, the equivalent yes. here? Um, um, Harvey Norman. Harvey Norman. Oh. So, yeah, so like a sports store in Harvey Norman, and an Aussie guy owned it, so the franchise that next door. So you get the people come in, dad are going looking for a fishing reel, and mum are going and looking, she should need some cutlery or some yeah. linen and stuff for the house. So it was a real, so it was a smart shrewd from the boys that bought the business. Yeah. Um, from, it was Briscoe's, one of the year, Briscoe's and Rebel. So only anyway, I worked for them. And then, you know, um, that was a transitioning. And I suppose we thought, well, that was finishing. And then Kim and her wonderful focus and forward thinking, well, this is time to start a family, probably, really. <laughs> and so Kim was really keen on that and wanting to do that. And so um, we did, and it sort of got to that stage, wasn't it? It was, the, it was sort of life after and yeah. looking at moving on. And then, of course, then the, the other side was the, the media side. Yeah. Marty, Martin Crow was the executive producer at Sky Cricket Department, and he had some angles and ideas about balancing that with some domestic commentary, yeah. doing some commentating, as well as doing the Rebel Sport commercial, Connecting more of a nine-to-five. Yeah. yeah. And so there was an in-fronting a magazine show. So there was, a, again, there was a, a real shift and a movement of what was going to be maybe transpiring down the track quickly as you were going and mm. so how did you you know find the transition from you know let's call it stardom let's call it whatever it is and then changing to i don't know um you know a regular day job and, and yeah. stuff like that did, was that something that 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 was quite difficult to do for for you guys together and together i, I don't think so for me i tended to be more of a home bodgy yeah um i'm i'm a, as a peaceful precise um the personality <laughs> scenario so i'm a peaceful precise and i like that and i um, I didn't really go out looking to do this as a thing. I wanted to do it because I loved it. Mm. First and foremost, that was what I wanted to do, play cricket, run in and bowl fast. Yeah. And they said, look at you. I'm going to see Morrison, look at you. I mean, <laughs> mate, you're from the back of the garden. You're a garden gnome. Wake mm. up and smell the coffee. How on earth can you be a fast bowler? Look at you, you midget. So it wasn't that I was proving people wrong. I did it because I really loved it. Mm. And so then when I look back on it, yes, it was fairly depressing and very confronting, finishing the way it did. But at the same time, I had some other people that were quite grounding for me, and the old deputy principal, Murray Deacon, that, and said, well, look, when I was playing as a youngster, I spoke at this Foundation for Alcohol and Drug Education, and I know we'll get to, you know, how you can then go down another dark road, yes. um, of that, you know, you gave back to people, and you actually knew where you came from and how humbling that was, yeah. that you were doing something that you loved, but there's people that, you know, that don't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I loved giving back to the community in that regard, and seeing that people had suffered in either solo parent homes, alcohol was getting abused, whatever it was, choose sport, choose your health and fitness, yeah. which I gave back and I love doing, hence then going into rebel sport and the, the media commentary angle. So it really had synergy and it made it easier, I think, in that transition for me post-playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and from that, you know, you guys, you guys started to really sort of you know, build a bit of momentum for yourself and your your own world as well. I mean, you know, mm. um, I know there. Uh, uh, if you're if you're in the right lane, you can you can really get some some good gigs, and it sounds like you guys did. And you know, um, moving along, and then all of a sudden, you guys decided to sort of like move to Australia at some point. Well, there was a few things that happened. You know, one thing that I'd look at it was that we lived in this beautiful bubble. This bubble of, in, in of New Zealand or yeah, yeah, in New just, Zealand, yeah. and it was this amazing life where we were earning good money. Mm. We were like comparatively, it's nothing what it is today, but for us, it was amazing. We, you know, as soon as I saw Danny's career end, I just, I'm probably one of those people that goes, oh, shit happens. What's the next thing we can do? And I always probably will be the glass half full and go, right, how do we pivot now? What yeah. are we doing? And yeah. I instantly went, kids. Great, now I get my opportunity to I'll have, have kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> so then, I'll sell everything and move yeah. to Melbourne. I'll yeah. sell it. Yeah. 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 So then when we did have Taylor and Jacob, then what was beautiful um, with Danny still keeping a profile in the cricket media world and his TV show, which was a kind of really fun show for Danny to present because that's his character. 
um, out of that, we went to build a house and I found myself really interested in property. And mm. so poor Danny would come home from a trip and he'd see a for sale sign out the front because I'd just seen another property that I liked. And yeah, we, we were yeah, moving all yeah, the time. I was just, yeah. And I loved the fact that we could make 50 grand on one property and then the next property we made 80 grand. And then if I spent 20 and did this, so I actually found this real love. I had no idea what I was doing, mm. no idea whatsoever. But I just found I loved that while um, we had young children because Danny was still traveling so much. And then... Um, I probably got a little bit um, driven, a little, a little bit too ego with it in a way where I just never imagined anything going wrong. Yeah. And it was, we bought this property um, closer to the coast. I knew it had all the right things. The school, and wasn't it? The school. Still in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, still in New Zealand and just knew that this was the next thing. This was the property, we could develop it. And we'd just built a GJ Gardner home and they uh -huh. came on and sponsored Danny. and. What was interesting is he'd come over here, didn't you, to shoot the shoot ad? Yeah, up on Sunshine Coast. Yeah, right. Which we now we resign. Yeah, this is hilarious. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was a good fun project. Yeah. Um, so then we built this house, and then we realised actually we don't just want to be in the subdivision. Let's get back to the water. So I found this property while I was exercising one day, and uh, you know I'm exercising. And I went there. It is. <laughs> found out if I could subdivide it. Knew this was our. This was going to be the one that we'd mm. end up developing the, the front and build out the back, mm. which backed onto the school. There was our perfect, Dream home. perfect everything. Yeah, Good and yeah. yeah, that all went to custard because um, the hundred grand that we were going to spend on the front house became a four hundred and fifty thousand um, dollar reno. It was just a mess. We should have so rolled the project it. Blew out. Oh, yeah. it was just completely so, wrong. Yeah. And then, but I still kept. You know, we can do this, and then unfortunately, the people that were managing that, I handed over too much yeah. um, responsibility. So I have to take responsibility for the fact that I didn't take accountability. I trusted mm. them. Yeah. And the classic line was when I confronted them about what we were being charged was, "Well, I figured it was Danny Morrison; he could afford it." Mm. And that was our, probably our first Wake insight mm. into realizing that not all people are good people. Mm. And I've just lived in this bubble that everybody, Trusted what you see value. is what you get. Yeah. And yeah, not all people have the same values as you. No. Yeah. No, and that was really hard. And at the same time, Danny's sister was going through a really tough time mm. and it all seemed to just hit us at once, didn't it? Yeah, it was a real wave of that, wasn't it? And I think back to, so down the rabbit hole, um, a bit, um, my sister took her life um, February the 4th, 2005. And so... That was a real, real rupturing, I think, of the family because um, Zara and I were close, we were two years apart, she was younger, uh, and we'd moved from West Auckland to the North Shore because of my uncle and all of that. So when I think about those formative years of being together, um, you know, I, I, I looked out for her, um, and even on another time when we were down near the cliff face and that actually saved her from going over an edge. Mm. Um, and so you look at that, we had a real close bond. and. A protection thing really so um, yeah it was tough and then she married my best man who he came out from England I played club cricket with him and so there was a whole nother new connection Very she close. got pregnant because she got pregnant to my best man so he moved out from England so then there was a whole nother whole dynamic being happening um, lots of things and circumstances transpired and then Zara went down a bit of a black hole really sadly and then quite a psychotic experience mm. um, and it was a massive, massive rupture yeah right. it was and so then I think for us about trying to get um, sunshine back in our lives yeah. was that Kim then knowing Cindy Amira and the whole connection up here on the sunshine coast and we'd visited back in 2004 about a year before Zara passed um, said she said to me Kim was getting on a plane and, and I was at Radio Sport and doing some other stuff there at work. Um, Gee, do you think you could live in Australia? And I went, shit, yeah, when? You want to go? Could you go? And I said, yeah, when? Shit, let's do it. And so the blue came out. And I think for me, um, you know, I was struggling with it. I mean, I, you know, I'm freely open to, and it's quite a cathartic thing. Um, and we've had this in therapy and just, just talking about it. And yeah. so I was on antidepressants for a good 10, 11 months. Um, after, your sister, after my sister died. So yeah. through 2005, I started trying to wean off those probably around um, March of 06. And then Kim had mentioned, geez, could you go and live in Australia? And that was probably April, around April, May 06. Yeah. So we ended up moving to the Sunshine Coast in late September, early October of 06. 
because we needed some, we need space to breathe. If a break, a bit of a start. Yeah, I think, I yeah. think just to cleanse and just put some distance mm. and go, hang on a minute, let's take stock of our lives. And our children were, you know, turning seven and, and turning nine. Yeah. And so it was at that time was quite a good, and I say, you look at it from a now, a stand back, big Easy picture. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. go, yeah. well, that was a catalyst for saying, we need a change. Yes. And we did. And, yeah. and, it, and it, look, it's turned out that we've loved moving here. Um, living in Australia, we're spoiled as Kiwis and Aussies. You know, you cross the Tasman, it's really easy. It's a three hour flight back from Brisbane. Yeah. No. Yeah. And to see family and pop back, and vice versa, my mum coming over and my handicapped nephew coming, um, all of that thing. It, it's been quite quite it's amazing, really, isn't it? Guys, yeah. Well, we thought, and then we thought, phew, you know, new start, new beginning, new refresh. We're on the Sunshine Coast, you always feel like you're on holiday. It does, it doesn't. Um, like the yeah. Gold Coast, the sunny yeah. coast is a holiday yeah. destination. And then my girlfriend and her family moved over. We then launched our first book. I got really excited about launching this, but at the same time, we found out we'd lost that house back in New Zealand. So all so that So underlying thing, that, there was some, mm. still some financial challenges oh, going on. It was yeah. so big. So yeah. we ended up losing the house. We had one more property to sell. We then brought that money over, put it into a bank to decide what we were gonna do. It was mm. way less than what we had. And Danny was already feeling down about how much we'd lost. Whereas I was going, thank God we've still got something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I did all this education. I went to all these talks. Mm. And we put all the money into a financial institution, which three months later it went bust. Still in financial. Yep. Yeah. So then we lost everything. Yeah. And now I'm trying to be sunny and happy, and now I'm sitting there with a husband now that's basically saying, I don't know if we can swear or not, but he was, swear away. He was just it's a, like, it's a, this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Where, what have we got now? Yeah. And then he had to stay on the road working, so now. I, I can say that Danny would go away and he'd just be like, what's it all for? Yeah. Is that fair? Like, yeah, and, it just, and I went down a dark hole and, and started drinking and losing it and reliving your youth and compromising our marriage um, and happy to be open about that too. Mm. And just um, was in a bad place um, and just drinking and, and hiding and masking the pain um, with, with alcohol. So it was a difficult time. I think that whole thing from... My sister did at the beginning of 05 through to our world imploding by the end of 09 um, and a real wake-up call for me. Yeah. Um, and then just going into all of this different marriage counselling, therapy, confronting stuff. What do you really want to do? Where are you going? What's your direction? Yeah. Are you, do you want us to be married? Are you still, you know, do you love each other? There's a wonderful therapist, um, Jacqueline Trost, who was in her 80s and mid-80s back then. Um, do, you know, do you actually love each other? And that's the starting point, really, of the whole therapy. And it was, yeah, we do, actually do. And, and do you love this woman? Yes, I do. Do you want to be with this man? And do you want... So... Kind of. Peeled back. Time. Yeah, I know, it was pretty awful. Maybe. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we worked through a lot. And then, sure, and it just is. I mean, like any... I think any marriage you work, there's, there's scars along the way. Yes. No one's perfect. We're human. We're fallible. We make mistakes. Yeah, and I'm certainly yeah. putting my hand up. And, yeah, what a... What a shit, you know, yeah. created a shit sandwich and, and then at least in a way trying to fight through that um, was tough and there's no denying that. So Yeah, when, when, the, uh, when the, the wedding's over and marriage begins yeah. and then, you know, as the, as the chemicals disappear from, mm. you know, the rosiness of life, um, you know, things come in, like you said, some scarring in there and, you know, how we deal with those. Like, you know, you guys met when you were very young, like my... My wife and I, we met mm. 19 and 21 also, and you know, mm. and so we grow to, we grow up together. Yes, we grow up right. together and, yeah. and we experience life together. And so, you know, it's a, it's, it's an interesting theme that you know, marriage and money going together, and and, and the mm. roller coaster we have often <laughs> when uh, when those get mixed up, and you know, sometimes. Certainly, um, you know, I speak to say, you know, the identity of, of anyone, but, you know, uh, men often is linked to the ability to provide for their family and, yes. and, and, you know, take care of resources and things like that. Was, was that part of, you know, that dark time for you as well? It was like, well, what's it all about? You know, mm. did you feel like almost, you know, obligated in a way and holding it against why, why should I travel? Why should I do mm. this? What's it for? Yeah, and it was. It was like, I'm missing out. Yet I'm on this treadmill yes. and it doesn't feel like I'm going anywhere. And I think yes. a lot of it feels like for like whatever their circumstances. Are you thinking are. you're missing out for the kids? Yeah, you know? there was yeah. all of that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and then on top of that, massively, um, 
yeah, the hair disappeared very quickly because I was under a lot of stress mm. and also beating myself up. And if I'm really honest about it, there's times when you still do. I, yeah. I think I don't ever really think that leaves you at times. Yeah. Um, as a male that wants to provide mm. and um, created such a mess. And you do. You, there's times when you do feel guilty about that and self-loathing. And I think we all go down that at times. It's yeah. about how you then flick out of that and then deal with what you're trying to know that have a clear strategy of what you're wanting to achieve. Yeah. Um, and feel good about yourself. And then I know Kim's got a, you know, it's a great book. And Self-love. Yeah, that. And then being right in with that um, and, and, you know, using some of those strategies yeah. and how simple some of them are or possibly getting down the rabbit hole more um, with some of, you know, Kim's cohort that have been amazing um, that have helped us along the way. Fantastic people along the way. And that's part of, you know, this kind of mm. two versions of the wealth faculty, the faculty of, the, of your own physical well-being emotional, financial, whatever that might be, and the, and the people you surround yourself with, and it sounds very much like over the years you've had wonderful people, you know, your mm. school teacher mm. and, you know, all these people around you guys when, when, when tough times came, you know, those things. And how, how were you seeing this? I mean, often, you know, I've had a very similar experience with my partner. You know, I had some challenges, locked myself away, beat myself up, mm. and then kind of like observing the, the, the man you love from a distance and, you know, couldn't get in like yeah it's tough it's really tough because and because I'm so positive I couldn't I don't understand it either Mm. I I don't understand how you can give up you know and and you know I was an ultra marathon runner in my youth and Mm. I ran for 24 hours and would keep running and no matter how painful it is world record I hear we both held world records. Yes. Quite interesting. Two ends of the spectrum. I think that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Quite proud of it. Um, but yeah, I just felt like we were in, in running terms from midnight to six a.m. We call it the graveyard shift, and I really felt like we were in the graveyard yeah. shift of our life. Yeah. Yeah. And all I remember Cliff Young saying to me when you're in the graveyard shift is you got to put one foot in front of the other, get back out on the track stay on the track don't mm. go into the don't hide in the pit stop tent and yeah. so the analogy for that for me was don't hide away but we needed help you can't when you, when emotions are high intelligence is very low very low yeah and you you know you don't make decisions in those times but i'll be honest if if we'd had money i may have kicked any out I, mm. I don't i think i might have said you get out of here you know um, if we'd had family, if we'd had people around us, like we were alone, we were an mm. island in the and, Sunshine and Coast. with the two kids. And I didn't want them to think there were, I mean, we had the perfect marriage, the perfect life, the perfect everything. Was, was, was that kind of like, did you, did you feel like, you, you kind of like, the, these days it's the Instagram life or the whatever, I you thought know? If we were on Instagram, you would have thought we were the perfect yeah. couple. Yeah. We would have. I mean, I'm not saying I look like those models that are out there, but, <laughs> but geez, you know, we... We had a great marriage. People would yeah. comment us on it. Yes. You know, we were on covers of magazines and people would say how mm. beautiful. And it was real, you know, it wasn't yeah. mm. pretend. So when it all came crumbling down, I just didn't know where to go. And that was the first time. And, and at the same time, I was about to launch my business. And my grandmother passed away, mm. all in the same couple of weeks. As the and universe tends to do, sends mm. a few things our way. Mm. And that was the time I laid on my bathroom floor and just couldn't get up. Mm. And I just remember sitting there and my girlfriend was sitting there and she was going, Kim, you gotta, you got to do this for the kids. And I didn't even, that, that scared me because that was the first time I didn't care about anything or anyone. And the water was falling all over me and I said, I think this is the sign of the universe saying give up. And she looked at me and she said, or is this the universe asking how bad do you want it? Do you want it? Yeah. And that, I don't know whether that's because I'm an athlete or a, was it a cliffy moment? Was it a get your ass off the floor? But I picked my sorry self up. My son and daughter couldn't, they'd never seen me in the fetal position on the floor. Danny was rubbing my back. Taylor comes into the room and she's bought me in my oils and she's going, mummy, it's rose oil. Please smell rose oil, you know mimicking what I did for, do for them mm. and that didn't help and then Jacob turns around with his hands on his head and he goes you better tell me what the problem is and I just went Jake it's just you're, you're 10 I can't describe this you know grandma's just died and I'm not happy with dad and you know we've just lost all our money and he goes yeah well you know what your problem is you're trying to get to you know a big diamond in the mountain and I just remember saying what and he goes, you're trying to get to this big diamond in the middle of the mountain and you're just trying to do it with your fingernails and it's just hard. 
And I just remember looking at him thinking, what? And he goes, if you get yourself up, then you've got to promise me, then you know, use a spade and you'll get in there quicker. But if you keep going, then people are going to come in there with figures. And then at some point, mum, someone's going to hand you the TNT dynamite stick and you're going to blow that mountain up and there's the diamond that we're all looking for. Your job is to go out there and help everyone find theirs. And I remember looking at him going, what? <laughs> you're 10. Where did you get this from? And I was thinking, and it was so it was like such a pattern interrupt, this mm. conversation from a 10-year-old boy. And then I looked and I said, where did you get this from? And he goes, well, actually, it's this really cool PlayStation game. And I was wondering <laughs> if I could get it. And I just remember sitting there thinking, he will never know. I mean, he's now 21, but he will never know those words. That, yeah. That's where I loved PlayStation. The yeah. only time I've loved PlayStation was that <laughs> moment. But that was such. And then he drew me a mountain. And then the levels, and every now and again he'd come in and go, "What level are we at? What level are we at?" You know, and and I was like, "You're great, extraordinary." And, it's a great analogy. And Taylor with the oils, going, "You've got to use your oils, Mum. You tell us to use the oils." And and then Jacqueline, you know, your best friend. Yeah, she's you no know, Jacqueline was our eighty-five-year-old therapist. Yeah. Just turned around and she said she was French. She was very spiritual, and she just said, "You know, your marriage will never be the same. But if you work on yourself and you work on yourself, your marriage could be better than it ever was." Yeah. And those words hung in my ears, and yeah. I was just like, right, what's the next step? Because I, I just need the next step. Yeah. What's the next thing? What's the next part? What's the pathway? Show me the light, and I'll follow it, or give me a... So that's where I think mentors, mm. coaches, um, therapy, you know, you Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you know, relationships and children, you know, there's no handbook for, for yeah. either of them, and, you know, uh, our social system says, well, you know, good luck, work it out, you'll be right. You'll know? <laughs> <She'll> be right, <laughs> so, You'll be right. And, you know, it's, it, it does, it, it, um, and thankfully now it's less stigmatised to go and get help mm. for, with these, these challenges we face in life than it, than it was, and, you know, 20 years ago, you know, you, mm. you only go there if you've got, you know, you're completely mental or something, right? So, you know, mm. certainly from my upbringing, it sounds like maybe mm. similar to yours in, in some, some way, that, that wasn't necessarily a choice, but then it was a choice. It was, it was great, mm. you know, and get yourself there. It's interesting when our kids interrupt our thinking as well. I had mm. a moment like that with my son, and, and he said, well, why can't we, friend, be, we be friends with those people anymore? It was his little best friend. Um, and I said, oh, well, you know, Daddy, you messed something up. And he said, so, Dad, all, you just, all you've got to do is just say sorry. And I literally bawled my eyes out after that, mm. which is so so innocent and true. You know, they're like, mm. "Well, hang on, it's mm. just like the game. You just <laughs> you get up and you blow them out and up." Mm. And um, you know, sometimes we get a chance to become the meaning maker rather than have the meanings of someone else's, you know, world sort of thrust upon us. And it sounds like you guys, uh, you guys mm. have done a little bit of that, mm. you know, and continue to do that stuff as you go. You know? And so, talk me through that that sort of section there, you know, and for the for the listeners listening in, it's a powerful conversation in and around marriage, money, like every relationship, anything that is going to go the distance and be of value has to, you know, be worked on together. Um, it can't be individual. And so, you know, you chose to go to therapy and, and put it all back together. Well, Jacqueline said, one of the other things she said was, my darlings, in her beautiful French <laughs> accent, but she said, you must give it four seasons before you make any decisions. And I found that interesting because it wasn't give it a year, give it 12 months, it was four seasons. Mm. And I remember looking at her saying, why do you say that? And she said, well, sweetheart, some of us are great in spring. Some of us have better energy in winter. Some of us are great in the middle of autumn. So you just got to see yourself through all seasons before you make any big decisions. So we committed to that. We mm. thought, right, we'll commit to this. And it wasn't easy. There was moments where, you know, I just, I don't think I've cried more in my life than I did that year because you just wanted. And then, you know, I was trying to launch my business and now we also had no money and I needed 40 grand for the book that we'd written and the $6,000 worth of oils that I was about to release. And I just remember looking at Danny and wanting to blame him for everything. and rather than thinking, I've now got no resources, there was a switch that flicked in me that went, how do I become resourceful? And so I went round to all four or five banks on the Sunshine Coast and I asked for their least required paperwork Fine. for a um, credit card. So I ended up with five $2,000 credit cards, which paid the $10,000 deposit for the book. 
And then I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And then I don't recommend anyone start a business like this. But then I remember also sometimes in the power of vulnerability, it's amazing what happens because a friend of a friend who was on the Sunshine Coast asked to have coffee. And I thought it's the last thing I feel like doing is sitting there and pretending I'm great when I'm not. But out of respect for this friend, I thought I'll go and have coffee with her. And we sat there in Cotton Tree and she just said, how are you? And for some reason, I just blurted out that I was stuck. I had 10 grand, I needed 40, I needed at least another 20 to get the book done and all these things. We were launching in two weeks and she just reached into her bag, pulled out her checkbook and she wrote me out a check for $20,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. And in that moment was my, you got no excuse. Mm. You have to make this happen. If this stranger believes in you, then you need to believe in you. And makes me feel emotional thinking about it because we actually we then launched we were both Mm. incredibly broken as a couple like feeling so broken but we launched 28 Taylor Jacob and Danny at the back of the room I've got I don't know a couple of hundred people there and Mm. I just remember looking across at Danny going holy shit if we can if we can do this we can do anything and Mm. I remember going to a um I was then asked to speak at an event the next uh, next couple of days down in Brisbane and I said to Fleur, I don't know if I can do this. I was vomiting, I'd lost so much weight. I was just not feeling myself. My grandmother had just passed away. We'd done the launch, but now we were now having to do the marketing. It's all very good and well with an idea and you've got product, now you've got to sell the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so we went to this talk and she goes, don't worry, if you can't talk, I'll, I'll take over. And, and I said, and she goes, and just be honest, just be real. And so I stood up there and we always do a little mantra every time before I speak, before I do a podcast, before anything, I do a quiet little mantra or a little prayer. And I walked out and I, it was a business women's breakfast and I just said, you know, sometimes business ain't easy, neither is life. And sometimes you can be in the graveyard shift of any of it. And I'm going to stand here and say, I'm not at my best. I've just lost my grandmother. My marriage is on the rocks. I've got a $40,000 debt right now, and so I'm not quite sure what I can teach you all. Um, and then Fleur carried on, and then I said, but my greatest grounder is my oils, and this is, it's moment by moment, step by step, breath by breath, moment by moment. I've got two kids that are looking at us to, you know, and that was the other thing Jacqueline had said to us. You know, it's your job isn't to, your job isn't to, um, to tell your kids everything, but your job is to show them how to get through tough times. Yeah. And that was another epiphany for me. Mm. And so I said that at this talk. And so I'm standing here trying to be brave. Well, we sold out of everything. And they wanted books. Everyone was crying. Everyone was hugging me at the end. And, and then I walked out and I looked at Fleur and I just said, is anyone looking? She said, no. And I threw up all in the car park. And I said, I don't know how. I don't know. And she said, by being truthful. Mm. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's. I mean, you don't have to give all the details, no. but it's sometimes life sucks. But you still got to carry on and, yeah. and put one foot in front of the other. And those are the powerful stories, you know. Mm. And, and you know, it, I think um, you know um, when you see <laughs> when when you know your kids are watching, right? You know, we've had they all had those moments where mm. you know it's like, well, why should I do it? Well, okay, today I don't want to do it for me, but there's someone else I want to do it for, and it's them, you know. Mm. And I think they're they're for me the greatest gifts that have ever been sent to me, you know reflection or even um, you know the responsibility um, you know, really sort of mm. really sort of inspires you or mm. keeps you going you're good yeah you <laughs> no, all good all good all good um, and you know these days you guys um, you know going from strength to strength you know um, really awesome to see you know another beautiful amazing bunch of humans on the planet, you know, thriving and surviving and, and um, you know, making the most out of what they're meant to be doing. You know, your beautiful, two beautiful kids are, you know, um, uh, striving as well. So, you know, as you're, you know, relaunching your business and putting things back together, you know, moment by moment, day by day, you know, and how are you travelling at this time, Danny? You're like, so you, you're getting back that career mojo with, with, um, with, your, with your world, you know? It's challenging because of the COVID scenario mm. right this time because you've you know you've got to go away and then and it may be that, as it has been these back to back tournaments um, and you've got to come back and do the two week quarantine so it's the fourteen days there mm. and it's a fascinating time that's evolving um, around the whole health issues of a vaccine taking it how you know how quickly it's being developed 
all those question marks that people are going to be asking mm. about the validity of it. Um, is it really safe? Of course, there's all of those questions and we're, as humans questioning it. Um, for me, yeah, it'll be fascinating then to say, gee, are there, are there, what are the other exit strategies and how much longer do you want to be in this or is it forcing you to change? Yeah. And I think for a lot of us online, digital, Zoom, uh, virtual stuff of meetings have now been based more either at home rather than going to and fro office scenario yes. or being face-to-face -face and hands-on um, is now, you know, you've got to embrace that totally. Mm. Um, I think COVID's just forced that issue perhaps a bit faster than it was possibly happening. I think so, yeah. yeah the yeah. landscape's changed. So, yeah. yeah, so for me, yeah, it is an interesting time um, and it is, it's evolving and still then asking questions of me, where am I wanting to go and how does that look? Yeah. Um, and so that's, Again, that's an ongoing thing for right now. For you guys sort mm. of uh, working it out. And, you know, um, part of COVID sort of there's been some gifts for a lot of people. Like, for, mm. you know, me personally, you know, um, I haven't needed to travel for my business for the first time in 18 years. Mm. And um, amazing for me. And But for a lot of people, you know, that, that mental health issue at this point yes. in time, you know, has really sort of flared up a little bit as well. And, you know, um, you know, uh, the provider pressure, you know, jobs and all of those sorts of things. You know, maybe just sort of speak to that for a little bit of listeners listening in, you know, um, any tips or advice, you know, from, from your neck of the woods, you know, as a man, mm. mental health, yep. you know, you had your own challenges, yep. but then you put yourself back together with the help of people around you. How did you, how did you go about that? And, you know, just talk us through a little bit of that stuff. And of course, I'm very spoiled and I'll be blinking on because, and you, of course, the wellness summit that you're involved with. Yes. Jason, um, and I loved it with both my children on stage in Melbourne last year. And both of them said, you need a Kim Morrison, uh, which I loved. And it was <laughs> just, very true. Yeah, That's yeah. why you got one right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was great because I think all of the parts of the jigsaw uh, from a mental perspective was the physical, spiritual, um, and certainly uh, being real um, up front yes. from a physical sense too was, was then, of course, the product, which was oils. Um, and I felt those have been such a great anchor for me, no doubt. Um, and I used to get a lot of stick because trying to run in and hurl a cricket ball, so dumb, <laughs> to, you know, on your body. But I love bathing. And so soaking in baths and experiencing spa through Kim and massage and being treated um, has been a godsend. Mm. And for me, as much as, again, on the road, so all of that anchoring for me. Yeah. Um, so, and whereas Kim goes on about a, a mantra, is for me totally, is, is, is looking after that physical, and that's going to a gym, and that's going early, whether it looks like the gym, or going for a walk, yeah. or going for a swim, whilst I went on tour, and that's been a godsend recently. Movement. So, yeah, yeah, total thing about yeah. movement. And yeah. so, I think for us, you know, two arms, two legs, God willing, you know, you can use them, and you're blessed in that regard. Yes. Don't take that for granted, and get out and move. So I think for that side of it, um, being really powerful, um, around that time when it was tough for us, meditation was big. Mm -hmm. You know, at times I slip in and out of that. I need to do, clearly I'd love to do more. Um, and that's just a conscious thing of getting back into that and embracing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly of being in the, the, now the landscape of COVID and being in and out of hotels and stuck a bit more in the bubble and to and froing the stadium yeah, back yes. to there and not having this interaction of getting out because you can't. Um, very much that reading stuff online um, again the whole thing of being up and having I think strategy around regular routines and mm. discipline yes. I've been good with because sports people tend to be of that yes. or business people where they've got to go through and they've got to read stuff be calendared and all of that yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can't probably yeah. stress that enough and yeah. I think for me I've been very physical in that regard and again I think from my mother's teachings, you know, visualization, um, manifestation and believing and seeing it and however that looks, writing down stuff or having stuff written up in front of you. Kim was big on that around, you know, big boards written up and stuff and your pictures. Boards, yeah, those yeah, are yeah, powerful. Totally. Yeah. So they would be, you know, and that's more around at home. Yeah. But for me, yeah, a lot of that's been good for me. Totally. Right. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it is the, the personal faculties that you have. You, you, you've got to take care of those mm. things, like you said, the physical, the mental, emotional, mm. you know, um, to be, you know, the best father you can be, the best husband, the best wife, the best mm. human, mm. you know, best, 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 whatever it is. Mm. And, you know, um, it does start with some discipline routine. I think that's, mm. uh, that's some great suggestions there. Yeah. Certainly, um, 
working with you know performers in my industry, you know it's uh, it's about making sure you you know keeping your mind active with good information coming mm. in too. So you know, mm. yeah, fantastic. What about from your point of view, like you know, a lady's view of uh, of of those things is there any difference or anything to add in there to i think as a mum i yeah. think you know the, the key is to always you know talk be open with your kids mm -hmm. you know they get they're scared they're watching uh, they're hearing things all the time they don't know what the truth or the future is we don't know what the truth or the future is so i think being open and honest we have champion challenge conversations so what's your champion moment what's your challenge can we as a family support you through that Fantastic. no one's allowed to speak while the other person's speaking so we celebrate your highs but we also talk about the challenges and do you need our help or do you need to vent it so that's i think that's a really cool ritual um, rituals are very big to me but from a business perspective you know I've had to really focus on serving my, my customer mm. and instead of worrying about my business, I've really pivoted into how can I serve them more? What can I do more for them when they're struggling? And I think being a parent, um, the daughter maybe of parents that are struggling or a entrepreneur or a business person or even an employee, our job is to be leaders first and foremost, you know, and if we don't know the way, then find your your tribe that may support you you know i keep hearing it all the time you're the the reflection of your top five people you spend most time with around you yeah yeah so who are you choosing to be with and so from my perspective it was um yeah be open with the kids i've personally chosen not to put the television on very much i mm. find that quite um depressing and I don't think it gives us much hope, or there seems to be just one angle of hope, yeah. whereas I'm really about wellness and really about how do we become the strongest, most robust versions of ourselves so that we can handle these. It might be a tap, it might be a whack, or it could be a Mack truck, depending on how we get challenged in life. So I think I'm just constantly learning. I love to learn, I love to study, and I love to be around people that are positive and, I feel very blessed though being around people like yourself and Marcus and Brett and the Wellness Summit. I feel incredibly lucky, if that's the right word, yeah. um, to have been around you guys. Well, it's a conscious choice too, because you know we do get to choose. Uh, you know, mm. I, 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 I'm not quite sure where I heard it first, but it's the co-creation of our world. There's a little bit of something special going on, and then but you've got to show up too, like it, like mm. you know, and um, you, you choose, right? You choose those moments. Both of you have chosen in those moments, the tough moments, the easy moments, the fun moments, the spontaneous moments, you've chosen something and, and you've mm -hmm. gone with your choices and I think sometimes when you, you know, when you do that, a little bit of magic sprinkles over some things mm. and, you know, sometimes well, we, keep we, saying, <laughs> we keep saying, we've got to, something's got to, you know, it's got to go at good at some point, you know, like, so, you know, I've been in business now for nearly 12 years yes. and there's three t very distinct times I've wanted to give up on that business mm -hmm. or quit it because, that's bloody tough. It looks amazing and it seems so romantic. It's like when you say, should we start a family? That's a romantic idea. <laughs> let's start a business and let's add more to that romance. Um, but yeah, there's been times where you know, I haven't slept or you know, I'm worried or I've had to make a decision that then's cost a friendship because I know that's not the direction. It's nothing personal, but it becomes personal and being women, we're so emotive. So mm. I found that really hard. And then from my own perspective, you know, having doTERRA, which is a massive billion dollar company, essential oil company yeah. out of the States, which started a year or two before I did. Um, I remember at one point, this was the third time I nearly shut the doors. I just thought, I've got nothing. This is a massive company. Everyone's buying into it. I've been talking oils for 30 years and now this company comes along. And, and I just remember sitting there going, I'm out. I, I, I can't do this. I, what's the point? Well, you know, everyone was raving about these other multi-level marketing companies. And again, at a vulnerable moment, we went back to New Zealand mm. um, to watch the All Blacks and the Lions tour. Mm. And one of our friends who was back involved with us, who helped us with the house project, you know, some 20 years ago, we were sitting there at the game and he, after the next day we were doing a drive eating hokey pokey ice cream up in uh, wherever, Mangawa, Manuka, um Mangawai, and we're sitting there and he said, tell me about your business. He's an entrepreneur and a businessman. And I said, oh, I'm tapping out. I think I'm closing the doors on Wednesday when we go back to, New back to Aussie. And he goes, why? You've worked so hard. You know, I've watched you work so hard. And I went, I, I think I'd, I'd be better off supporting someone else. I'm, I'll be the great wind beneath Cindy's wings or I'll, I'll find someone and I'll just help them. And he went, well, I'm only working 15 hours a week. I'm not going to let you do that. 
I want to be the wind beneath your wings. How about I just add the fuel to the fire? And I went, what? And then basically Alan bought, in. bought into the business. Mm-hmm. And, but also did it in such a respectful way where I still hold you know, the, the, the decisions and I still get to be, he's done it so respectfully and so gracefully and mm-hmm. so humbly. Like he really has been my, mm. he's just like this light and he's so clever and he's, he's such a good soul. He's like a brother. And he, um, but then, some, but then we had, sorry. We need some male entity inside it, I think, isn't it? Cause, yeah. And not being wrong or rude, it, just, it was so female-centric mm. that he, he, you needed someone like that who could step back and had business brain and could be more objective. Yeah. It wasn't so emotionally entangled. Or a little bit of structure maybe. Yeah, yes, too, too, totally. Very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Systemization. Yeah. Yeah. All the stuff that I'm not good at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was and, brilliant. But then he made strategic decisions that well, their team were invited to be a part of but none of them wanted to be a part of that mm. new vision moving mm. forward. And that was okay. It was hard mm. um, for me because I just love to please everybody and think we can all be friends and it'll all be great. And, and I felt really down about that. But I also knew when, again, one of my therapists said, I'm going to say something to you and I, I hope you take it the right way. But it would be really nice to see you put your family first rather than everybody else mm. and, and yourself and your family first. And that was another, it was like, being hit in the face because I thought I did do that, but in fact I've done a lot of things to please everyone else. And Sometimes in business you feel that way too. Yeah, yeah. you just feel like, yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm desperate to keep this alive, and I don't want you to either be unhappy or leave or whatever. And then it's kind of it's a really sort of tangled web. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think I love D Martini's one. He sort of says, well, you know, if you say you value this, then let's find out where where do you spend your time, your money, and your energy. Uh, well, that's not your value. You might say family, but you spend, you know, 99% of your energy, time, and money somewhere else. Well, that is not a value. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? When you mm. yeah, sometimes you get that sort of shone back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a spotlight on it. And I think too, it was you know when I looked at an amazing company like DoTerra, and then someone said to me, "Oh, do you want to be the next DoTerra?" And all of a sudden, I sat there and I thought, actually, no. Mm. So it wasn't what am I not, but who am I? And I sat there and I went. I'm a boutique business. Yeah. I'm organic. I am run, this company is run by an aromatherapist of 30 years. And this is an Australasian company, not an American company. Mm. So rather than worrying what I'm not, what if I focused on what I am? Double down and, on what you are. And I think I wrote the words on my mirror, you know, in lipstick, stay in your lane. And, <laughs> and I, that, that really made me feel quite peaceful. And I just now know that with the right direction and we had to cut some products that I was doing and rebuild other things and and now we're getting into flow and now I've got less people working for us. We turn over the same amount but our profitability is higher. Oh, I like it when that happens. I so, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it got really pulled and tightened. I had to let go of a lot and yeah. Alan actually, we had a board and a team meeting and we all sat there and he just said, I just want to commend you, you know, we've pulled you in all directions and you've You've, you've gone with that, you've trusted us with that. And, mm. and so a part of me was also, I need to surrender to this. Yeah. Not give up on it, but surrender to the process and trust the process. And I'm not saying we're there, I, I, keep, I know that I'll be there when Danny doesn't have to travel. That's our next mission. That's, and that's the goal. So mm. then we've been lucky that we finally got back in the property market after 12, 13 years out of the property market, we had a few little, look, honestly, we scrimped, we scraped, <laughs> we, we did everything we could. We put our kids through private school, we tailored as a ballerina, which isn't cheap. Jacob wanted to travel with his rugby and it was like, how, fast, family first. And now it's back to us again, yeah. Yeah, you know, with and it's like, are, mm-hmm. I, I say this to my wife often, you know, one day the kids won't be here. Mm. And we just got to remember that we, we don't want to look across the table and go, who are you again? Like Jason, trust me, they don't. Yeah. They still ask for money. They still are asking for help. <laughs> no, my daughter, she's just gone, but uh, you know, she's like, that's it. As soon as I, as soon as I can, I'm out. Yeah. You know, so it's oh, they say that. And then, <laughs> they say then that. when they have to pay, put petrol in the car, mum. Yeah. I might come back. I might come back. <laughs> so then for you, you know, um, the book, Art of Self-Love, you know, this, you know, probably the, the fruits of the, you know, the experience and, and stuff like that is, uh, has been fantastic for you as well. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. going nicely and the podcast and, you know, bringing this all together, you know, some of the goals for the future is, is really sort of lighting you guys up and, you know, giving you some focus. And a little stat um, I heard the other day, a business, businesses that have lasted more than 15 years in the world are like um, less than 
uh, 10% of 1% of businesses around the world. So I guarantee if we did the math, your business would be in a very small portion mm. of businesses and, and you know, that's no mean feat. You know, as we all know, you know, business is, is a challenging thing. So uh, you know, mm. I, I can only see it growing from strength to strength with your passion and mm. a good bit of teamwork with you guys around. So you know, um, what's the, you know, closing the loop now, you've got the, the home up in the sunny coast, the goals are for you, you know, to now look to the next 10 years and really solidify you know, what it means for you guys to maybe uh, um, you know, drive home the, mm. the new new? Oh, definitely, I think. And we were doing that, and it's funny, you talk about going full circle, family. I think uh, in terms of bricks and mortar, I mean, property, yeah. um, superb, as long as it's done smartly. Mm. Um, and you know, we juggled and had some issues, of course we did. Um, and again, the, having some good people around you that don't take advantage of you, um, but that's just another learning. Um, and so I think, yeah, moving forward, yeah, I think the key to, for a lot of us, you think about the end of it, don't you? The end of your working life. And so how can you have some sort of wealth um, that can tick along, mm. um, that you can actually live quite comfortably and, and still have a lot of fun, yeah. um, and either hopefully in the world of traveling and moving around freely a bit more, um, how that looks. And so then wealth creation through property and stuff, and that's what I like. And, and we both like that. We both. I've had a taste yeah. of it and then lost yeah. it and what have you, but yeah. I think too for us, you know, our love of property, but also, I have to be honest, I think I can speak on behalf of both of us after the, 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 the financial crash and losing everything and then losing our property. I lost a lot of confidence. Yes. This, mm. this amazing, I just was always saw the good in everything and always saw an outcome and always saw us make a little bit or a lot. and. And all of a sudden it was like, I had no faith in myself and, and lost that scariness. So I have to be honest, hearing you on stage that day and when Marcus told me about you and said, I want you to listen to Jace. And, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, he always, Marcus is so, he's, I think he's like me, you know, glass half full. Always, always like, yeah, listen, listen to this guy. And I just, I don't know, I've, I had my new boy crush was you. And I sat there and I texted Danny while you were speaking going, I found him because to be honest with you, wealth and money, we've, you know, we've not had teachers, we've not mm. had parents that have come from there. They've been hard workers and they've given, but none of them are about risks or strategy. And then the, the times we have taken on financial advice, it's backfired on us mm. twice. Mm. So then we thought we don't choose right. And then, you know, so we were just, we've been in a whirlpool of just survival for the last yeah. 12 years. Mm. And then um, a couple of years ago, when we finally got the opportunity to get into a little $500,000 townhouse, it was like, to, to be honest with you, it felt like we just bought the $2 million mansion. <laughs> and that feeling, and, and, and I can honestly say, when we had all our money, and when we didn't have all our money, I don't, I, if, I, if I go to the heart, I don't feel any different. Mm. So, and I, our love is no different whether we had the money or didn't have the money. It's just what I've learned is that the money makes it easier mm. and the money makes it more exciting because for me, the more wealth I can build, the more help I can be, the more products, the more services I mm. can create, the more education I can do to help others that can't. And my desire, our desire to give back and to help unfortunate kids that you know want to play cricket. I mean, we've spent a lot of time in India and Pakistan and mm. places like that. And then on home soil, there's just as many people struggling. And to, it's like, wow, the bigger mm. picture is about how yeah. can we serve more? And the way to serve more is to get educated. And if we can get educated, and when I heard you speak and your story, the other thing for us is we're now in our mid fifties. Mm. So we don't have the luxury of time anymore or the luxury to make more mistakes. Yeah. Mm. And so to us, it's how the hell do we get strategic now? Do we get what are we going to do? Stuff? Who's our team? Who's our faculty now? Yeah. Who are we taking on? And when you find a tribe of people that you trust. But what I see in you, Jason, and your team is um, you actually love to see us succeed. That's yeah, the yeah. feeling I That's get. The and, and the kick of you seeing us succeed means that when we succeed, then we can pass. It. It's the ripple. And yeah. that's what I love about this community. And yeah. we feel very privileged to be a part of it and very honored to be back in a learning space, right? Mm. And to be doing it together and back on the same page. And now we're showing our kids what we're doing, you know? And Well, that's the exciting part, isn't yeah. it? Like, you know, these conversations now, maybe, you know, um, in your marriage and in your family circle and stuff, like maybe repairing some of maybe that sort of, you know, uh, confidence loss, you know, slowly but surely, because mm. it's important. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
been fantastic to have a conversation with you guys mm. today and, and uh, I, like you said earlier, like I think we could go for many hours <laughs> down many different rabbit holes, yeah. but I appreciate you guys sharing and, and I know the listeners would appreciate the conversation around money and marriage and kids and all of that sort of stuff because life's a journey and, and if we choose, consciously choose love to do mm. it together, every day you've got to wake up and you've got to choose. I said, I, I said this uh, a little while ago, for, like I remember not having a plan B anymore. Like there's no plan B, there's only plan A and that's me and you baby, right? That's it, the, mm. the plan A, you know? <laughs> Let's burn those plan Bs, we just don't need them. And you know, it sounds like you guys are right there with no plan Bs, it's mm. plan A all the way mm. for you too. So exciting and awesome to be part of that into the future and, and thank you for sharing your journey with, uh, mm. with the listeners and stuff today. But I have one last question um, is the one that I always ask and I'll ask, um, I'll ask you first and I'll let Danny finish is um, what is the true meaning of wealth to you now after all of this time? I think the true meaning of wealth is if you can wake up every day and say you're living your best life, even if it's worst time of your life, knowing that on the other side of challenge is growth. Mm. If you know that through every experience, it's, it's for you, not to you. If you can know that you are learning as you grow and if you keep showing up, and I heard Tony Robbins say it just recently, the comeback story mm. is actually one of the most powerful, wealthy, mm. most beautifully rich stories. And we all get inspired by it. And if we could be that wealth, that, and I don't mean money, if we can prove wealth from a health and a relationship point of view and being the example and the ripple effect of that, then, and then bring in the money, to me now the money is really the icing on the cake. It really is. We live in a privileged country where I don't think we'll end up, you know, destitute and on the streets. So I think wealth for me is having the whole picture mm. and knowing that ultimately the first and most important thing is that wealthy, healthy relationship with self, which ripples into your partner, your family, your friends, your community. And from there, you then build all the other faculties around that. That is wealth to me. Self-love. Mm. on the book. <laughs> I know a good book. <laughs> Hashtag ditto. I'll just, I'll just go with that. Is that okay, Chase? Good it. it works for me. Happy yeah, yeah. Life, happy life, you know, like. oh, totally. Happy yeah. spouse. Happy spouse. Happy house. Happy spouse. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, Kim, Danny, thanks mm. for being on the podcast. That lovely. Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us on The Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe where all good podcasts are found. You can find us there. And if you want to watch it, you can subscribe on YouTube, Positive Mentor TV. And until the next episode, take care. Bye for now.